Welcome to The Dental Brief, the world's direct, right-to-the-point podcast produced to get you the information you need to learn and grow your practice. To learn more about our guests and find links to information discussed on our show, visit our website, dentalbrief.com. On to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. Today, I have with me our guest, Dr. Bill Simon. Dr. Simon, say hello. Hello, everybody. It's great to be here. Thanks so much, Patrick, for inviting me to participate today. Yeah, we're thankful and and grateful to have you here this morning. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about um, your background and how you got into dentistry? Sure. Uh, I'm uh, I'm pretty much a seasoned veteran of the trade. I've been uh, practicing now for 37 years. And uh, if you look at at my past history, I've I've been the dentist who's been faced with a number of significant challenges through my career, including uh, a major office fire, uh, held up at gunpoint in one of my offices, uh, a major embezzlement scheme, the whole gamut, really. So through those challenges, uh, I've gotten to a point where I feel like I have quite a bit of uh, of experience and knowledge to impart to uh, dentists in general, but particularly new dentists uh, who are looking to navigate through their careers moving forward. Yeah, so you've been there and done that. I know that you're, uh, you work with a lot of young dentists. Um, I mean, I know you work with dentists of all ages, but specifically, it seems like you, you enjoy uh, working with young dentists. Why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the problems that you see with uh, practices or young dentists trying to decide the career path that they should take? What are some of the dilemmas that they have? Well, I think uh, the the climate the, of dentistry right now is certainly going through some significant uh changes and it has been for for some time but particularly in in terms of uh, uh, corporate dentistry coming into into the marketplace and uh, DSOs and and certainly we we have our independent practices so now we, we have this mix of practices on on the private side uh, not on necessarily on the public health side but on the private side where there's there's different approaches and different options so for me uh, the challenges for new dentists come trying to make those decisions. Where should they go? Corporate dentistry into a DSO. Should they try to open uh, their own office right out of the gate? Should they associate associate with a with a, an owner doctor for a period of time and perhaps uh, plan for taking over the practice? So those are the things I think that are most significant for a new dentist coming out of school to be uh, navigating through. So those are all, um, yeah, it's, it's, those are all questions that we hear, right, that are that a lot of people have. And I think a lot of times the answers that we get are, um, seems like there's two, you know, two different types of ten- dentists that everyone wants to um, decide the career path for. But the truth is that everyone is very different, right? Every right. single dentist is different. And what's right for one dentist may not be right for the next 99 and so on and so forth. So how does it, how does a dentist start to sort this out? How do they start to figure out what they truly want? What's going to truly, you know, fulfill their, uh, fulfill their, their life? Sure. What I speak to in, in my presentations is where do you draw the line? And when I came out of dental school, you could really wear all the hats pretty well. As a matter of fact, dentistry uh, historically has been uh, very poor as a, as a business model, especially independent dentists. And, and prior to the emergence of DSOs and corporate dentistry, really, it was mostly independent dentists just running a practice. So there was uh, not a, a lot of um, early on, there was not a lot of uh, efficiencies and systems put into place. And 
uh, you could hang out your shingle back in the 80s and even before that, and it was a, a guaranteed recipe for success. Well, that's changed now. And uh, what I say is, where do you draw the line? Because you can't wear all the hats anymore because of the complexity of, of the dental practice in today's day with all the technology and all the regulation and all the uh the dental insurance permeation and all of that, you've got to be in a position where you can man. you have to manage a lot of things. So do you want to be the dentist who is the clinical expert, uh, perhaps focusing in on all of certain clinical specialties, uh, sleep medicine, uh, uh, CAD cam, all of the new technologies that are emerging? Uh, or do you want to be the practice owner? I have a saying when I speak that there's dentists in dental school who have no intention of ever sticking their hands in anybody's mouth, really. They they just want that dental degree because in many states, not all, but in many states, you need to have a dental a dental degree, a dental license to own a practice. So the where do you draw that line? And what I say there is that if you decide to draw the line on the clinical side, then that's great. But then you need to surround yourself with many different uh, uh, support staff. Uh, that are going to help you on the practice management side. You need to be delegating those those areas, and and that's really, in my opinion, how DSOs have have really uh, uh, emerged and and been very very successful. Uh, on the other hand, if you want to be that business practice owner who doesn't do a whole lot of clinical dentistry, then you need to surround. You need to understand what is what it means to be a uh, a practice owner who can work with hiring dentists and hiring associates and how you work with, with that process because you're going to delegate a lot of the clinical dentistry off to other people. Sure. So let me ask you this kind of uh, maybe a bit of a challenging question, but have you ever done or have you ever seen comparisons of what it's like for a dentist uh, financially if they just decide right out of school that they want to work for someone else their entire career um, until they re retire compared to the ups and downs financially that those will have starting a practice or buying a practice um, either way. Have you ever seen the, the comparisons? What does that look like difference-wise over a career? Uh, not, not specifically in that fashion, uh, but as you said before, Patrick, there's a, a different personality. Some people really are interested in ownership and some people are interested in simply working for somebody. And what I would say is that there, uh, there's upsides and downsides, as we all know, to everything, everything has, everything seems to be a double-edged sword. And so on the, on the working for somebody else through your career uh, approach, uh, I don't know that potentially you would have uh, the ability to, to, earn as much income over the course of your career, but you would be in a position where you would, might not have as many of the stresses mm -hmm. that are uh, related to owning practices. Of course, on the other side of the, the sword, so to speak, is that you don't have the flexibility that you do as a practice owner. So I think understanding <clears throat> how you balance all those uh, gives and takes from the different uh, approaches to practicing is the important part. And and uh, some people, the, the reason they go into dentistry is not simply for money. And so if you're one of those people who aren't in it necessarily for the money, as long as you can make a nice living and have a nice quality of life that matches your values, then uh, working for, for somebody your entire career can work very nicely. But again, the, the flexibility part for me as a practice owner has always been 
really valuable being in a position where I can determine my hours and determine how I'm going to approach the running of my practice uh, with without having to answer anybody. But along with that comes a lot of a lot of other challenges, right? A lot of other stressors. Yeah. And I sometimes look at, you know, in business ownership, you know, you you mentioned flexibility as an owner. It does seem like a lot of times you have flexibility, but ultimately you typically lose the ability to quit, right? You can't, it's, you can't move across the country on a whim or take off for, for six months and, you know, go to the, go to Fiji or something like that. So um, yeah, I see some of that too. Right. And that's, you know, it takes a while to get there in business. And I, I sometimes think that people want to have, in the future owned a successful business in the past, <laughs> you know, meaning that they want to get to the, to the, um, the end zone really quick, but they don't want to you know do the work to get there. Um, so I always think that's something for people to consider. So with, if you're about to begin working with um, a young dentist and someone comes to you and says, Hey, I, you know, I really need help sorting this all out. Um, you know, I'm trying to figure out my career path, what I'm going to do, what I want to be when I grow up. What are what are the best couple of questions that they can ask? Or actually, you know, what are the what are there a couple of questions you're going to ask them? Well, certainly, I would ask them what they're what they're in it for. What what is their their uh, their, their mission? <laughs> Why are they becoming a dentist? Uh, is it to treat people and and help people improve quality of life and uh, get people out of pain, improve people's uh, self-esteem, or is it all about earning a living and making money? And I think those are some of the really important questions you need to ask yourself. That's, I think, where some people will make the decision between going into private practice versus even a public health setting. Uh, so those are important questions. And then the other thing I, is that I think is really important is understand whether or not somebody's interested in, in ownership, like we talked about. And sure. uh, in today's environment with the uh, different, uh, oh, the, as I said, the different complexities of the dental industry now as they've, as they've grown over the last 30 years or so, uh, you, you really have to ask yourself questions where you're going to draw that line. Are you going to be the clinical expert? Are you going to be the, the business owner? But I think that right now, the idea of a startup is really, really challenging. I don't even really know much of any start, much, I don't have much knowledge of any startups that are happening. And I think one of the primary reasons there is you're uh, coming out of dental school and you're really focused on uh, learning the clinical side of dentistry. And while there are some classes in dental school that treat, that teach you some of the, the practice management side uh, until you really are immersed in it, uh, it it really doesn't hit home so much. And some of the programs are are in the dental schools are less less um, developed than others. So you're really not prepared, I don't think, coming out of dental school for the business side of dentistry. And I encourage young dentists to consider that when they got out of dental school, that they should look towards a residency type approach. And that residency can be, if you're a clinical bend, I would say go into a general practice residency, get into another year of training and learning clinical. Uh, if you're not interested in the clinic, as, as interested in the clinical side, you want to get into the business ownership side, then I encourage young dentists to think about setting up their own residency, create your own residency for yourself and look at a five-year plan where you come out of dental school and you associate in a couple of different practices, potentially part-time in each office. And uh, it can be challenging. Uh, you, you have to 
uh, throw yourself out there. You have to set up your um, your resume and you have to interview and you have to really do a, a quite a bit of due diligence to get yourself positioned well into one or two practices where you can start to learn what it's like to be in a private practice and what the business side is and uh, get to a point where you can develop your speed as a clinician, develop your confidence while you learn from the offices that you are associated in, whether it's learning from the good or learning from the bad, because not every office you're going to go to is going to have a necessarily good systems in place for you to learn from or to model. Uh, and then build that knowledge set. And then I would say after about a five-year period, perhaps, when you feel like you, you're, you're Clinical confidence is up. Your skill levels up. Uh, your your procedure mix is up. You're better positioned then to manage a practice and, and own a practice. And then I would look at that point. Potentially, you could try a startup at that point. But maybe uh, even better, in my opinion, is to find a, a practice where the owner is looking to move on. And sure. when I say move on, I, I say move on within ideally within a year two years max don't don't get into a practice where the owner wants to hang around for 10 years sure yeah that makes a lot of sense that's terrific advice um dr simon i want to encourage our audience to check out your website it's newdentistadvisor.com um reach out great information great advice um love the experience behind it uh thank you very much for coming on today all right. Thank you so much for having me, Patrick. And good luck to all the dentists out there. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Did you know you can weigh in on today's topic on Facebook? Search The Dental Brief on Facebook or visit our website, dentalbrief.com, and just follow the link. We look forward to having you join us again on another episode of The Dental Brief.